Hey fam, here goes part two. Uh, the blood still, it, it overflowed over here. <laughs> so let's just keep going to in Luke chapter one. Um, but notice because yes, God is moving big, but we need to understand that the big moves that he is making is for his kingdom. Okay. So when he starts moving in his mighty way, remember to keep yourself humble. Allow the Lord, ask the Lord, my Lord, I need to remain humble, but he is getting ready to move big for his kingdom. Okay. Let's continue to Luke 1, verse 67. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant, just as he has promised through his holy prophets long ago. Not now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestors, Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through his forgiveness of their sins. Because God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death and guide us to the path of peace. The Lord is telling us, we are going to prepare the way. We are going to tell people how to find forgiveness through sal- the salvation of Christ. How to find salvation through the forgiveness of our sins. And that is in Christ Jesus. We, oh Lord Jesus. I, listen, family is big. John grew up and became strong in his spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. Okay. Let's go. Lord. Let's go to John chapter two real quick. In verse, John 2, verse 7, Jesus told the servants, fill the jar with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it into the master of ceremonies. We already know that Jesus turned water into wine, okay? But just know by the same power he turned water into wine, by his living water, he's going to form a new wineskin on you. You follow me, family? Now let's go to 
Collate Colossians chapter 3. Living the new life. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the reality of heaven where Christ is at the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of the sins, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be holy people, he loves you. He loves. You must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Okay? Family, we have already went through this verse in, in um a couple episodes back, you know. So just go a couple episodes back and it will go more into depth with these. But the verse I really want you to really focus on is hold on, sorry, my skips. I want you to focus on verse six. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of the world. But now it's time to get rid of and then keep going. Focus on that verse. Verses eight, seven, focus on it. Okay, family? Lord, where do you want me to go? Let's go to Isaiah 11. A branch from David's line, out of the stump stump of David's family, will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, 
He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance, nor make a base, nor, nor make a make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make their fair decisions for the and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his wind, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the and the yearling will be safe with the lion. And a child will lead them all. And a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. And the cub and the, and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put his its hand in the nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with the people who know the Lord. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to bring back the remnant of his people. Now, go back to the previous podcast. Listen, because the Lord was talking about the remnant, okay? Previous podcast. That's a plug. Go back to the previous podcast. Get that verse out. Those who remain in Assyria and the northern Egypt, in southern Egypt, Ethiopia, and Elam, in Babylonia, Hamath, and all the distant coastlands. He will raise a flag among the nations and assemble the exiles of Israel. He will gather the scattered people of Judah from the ends of the earth. Then at last, the jealousy between Israel and Judah will end. They will not be rivals anymore. They will join forces to swoop down on Philistia to the west. Together, they will attack and plunder the nations to the east. They will occupy the lands of Edom and Moab and of Ammon, will obey them. The Lord will make a dry path through the gulf of the Red Sea. He will wave his hand over the Euphrates River, sending a mighty wind to divide it into seven streams so it can easily be crossed on foot. He will make a highway for the remnant of his people, the remnant coming from Assyria, just as he did for Israel long ago when they returned from Egypt. Okay, hold on, fam. Let's go to, hold on. Let's go to Isaiah 26. A song of praise to the Lord. In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Oh, that's like that song. I think her name is Juanita Bynum. Bynum? 
I'm going to ask my mama, and then I'm going to put it at the bottom. But it's peace. You are my peace. I love that song. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord your God is the eternal rock. He humbles the proud and brings down the arrogant city. He brings it down to the dust. The poor and oppressed trample it underfoot, and the needy walk all over it. But for all those who are righteous, the way is not ste- not steep and rough. You are a God who does what is right, and you smooth out the path ahead of them. Lord, we show our trust in you by obeying your laws. Our heart desire is to glorify your name. In the night, I search for you. In the morning, I earnestly seek you. For only when you come to judge the earth will people learn what is right. Your kindness to the wicked does not make them do good. Although others do right, the wicked keep wrong, doing wrong. And take no notice of the Lord's majesty. Oh, Lord, they pay no attention to your upraised fist. Show them your eagerness to defend your people. Then they will be ashamed. Let the fire consume your enemies. Lord, you will grant us peace. All we have accomplished is really from you. Oh, Lord, our God, others have ruled us. But you alone are the one we worship. Those we serve before our dead, those we serve before our dead and gone, their departed spirits will never return. You attack them and destroy them, and they are long forgotten. Oh, Lord, you have made our nation great. Yes, you have made us great. You have extended our borders, and give, and we give you glory. Lord, in distress, we search for you. We prayed beneath the burden of your dis- discipline. Just as a pregnant woman withers and cries out in pain as she gives birth, so we are in your presence. We too wither in agony, but nothing comes of our suffering. We have not given salvation to the earth, nor brought life into it. But those who die in the Lord will live. Who die? Who die in the Lord will live. Their bodies will rise again. Those who sleep in the earth will rise up and sing for joy, for your life-giving light will fall like dew on your people in the place of the dead. Restoration for Israel. Go home, my people, and, and lock your doors. Hide yourselves for a little while until the Lord's anger has passed. Look, the Lord is coming from heaven to punish the people of the earth for their sins. The earth will no longer hide those who have been killed. They will be brought out for all to see. Glory be to your name, God. Where do you need me to go next, Father? Let's go to Romans chapter 11. God's mercy on Israel. I asked then, has God rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? Of course not. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. No, God has not rejected his own people whom he chooses from the very beginning. Do you realize what the scriptures say about this? Elijah the prophet complained to God about the people of Israel and said, Lord, they have killed your prophets and tore down your altars. I'm the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me too. And do you remember God's reply? He said, no, I have 7,000 others who have never bowed down to Baal. It is the same today. A few of the people of Israel have remained faithful because of God's grace, his undeserved kindness in choosing them. And since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their good works, 
For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is, free and undeserved. So this is the situation. Most of the people of Israel have not found the favor of God they are looking for so earnestly. A few have the have the ones who okay, a few have the ones God has chosen, but the hearts of the rest were hardened, as the scriptures say. God has put them into a deep sleep. To this day he has shut their eyes so they do not see, and closed their ears so they do not hear. Likewise, David said, their bountiful table become a snare, a trap that makes them think all is well. Let their blessings cause them to, let their blessings cause them to stumble, and let them get what they deserve. Let their eyes go blind so they cannot see, and let their backs be bent forever. Did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. They were disobedient, so God made salvation available to the Gentiles. He wanted his own people to become jealous and claim it for themselves. If the Gentiles were enriched because the people of Israel turned down God's offer of salvation, then think how much greater a blessing the world would share when they finally accepted. I am saying all of this, especially for you Gentiles. God has appointed me as the apostle to the Gentiles. I stress this, for I want somehow to make the people of Israel jealous of what you Gentiles have, so I might save them, some of them. For since their rejection meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will be even more wonderful. It will be, be, it will be life for those who were dead. And since Abraham and other the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy, just as the entire batch of dough is holy. <clears throat> I'm sorry, family. Because the portion given as an offering is holy, for if its roots of for if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be too. But some of the branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel have been broken off, and you Gentiles who were branches from a wild olive tree have been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. But you must not brag about being grafted and and replace the branches that were broken off. You are just a branch, not the root. Well, you may say, these branches were broken off to make room for me. Yes, but remember, those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. And you are there because you you do believe. So don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. For if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe towards those who disobey, but are kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you will also be cut off. And if the people of Israel turn from their unbelief, they will be grafted in again. For God has the power to graft them back into the tree. You, by nature, were a branch cut from a wild olive tree. So if God was willing to do something contrary to nature by grafting you into the cultivated tree, he will be far more eager to graft the original branches back into the tree where they belong. God's mercy for everyone. I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourself. Some of the people of Israel have have hard hearts, but this will last only until the the full number of Gentiles come to Christ. And so all Israel will be saved, as the scriptures say. The one who rescues will come from Jerusalem. He will turn Israel away from ungodliness, and this is the covenant with them. I will take away their sins.
Hold on, family. We're still reading. You know, Brother Paul It's a little long-winded. Many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news, and this benefits you Gentiles. Yet they are still, still the people he loves because he chose their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For God's gifts and his cause can never be withdrawn. Once you Gentiles were rebels against God, but when the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. Now they are rebels and God's mercy has come to you so that you too will share in God's mercy. For God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience so he could have mercy on everyone. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who know who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Okay, family. It's big. You know, Lord, what else you want me to, what else, what else, Lord? I'm sorry. I, I humble myself and I come back to you because, Lord, you saying it all, Father. What else do you need your children to hear? Because you are saying it all. Family, let's read the Ten Bridesmaids parable. That is in, hold on, hold on, Matthew 25. In order to receive this word, family, you have to take this back to the Lord because you have to allow him to examine your heart to get whatever is out of your heart because you can receive this in an unrepentant heart. You could be receiving this and your heart is hard. Make sure that the Lord examines you and then allow him to bring more to you. Okay, fam? Parable of the 10 bridesmaids. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were aroused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were there, but while they were going to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, the other five bridesmaids returned. They stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me. I don't know you. 
So you must too keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. The Lord wants you to be filled in his word. There's still more wisdom and understanding that he wants to give his children during this time. You do not want to be caught in sin on the day of his return. Okay? Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man doing by a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted entrusted his money to them while they were gone, while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in portions and proportions to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with the two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they have used the money. The servant to whom he had entrusted with the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so I will give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came over and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling a small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money into the bank? At least you could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered the money that the money from his servant and gave it to the the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. For those who do nothing, even the little they have will be taken away. Now Throw this useless service in useless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Listen, him. If the Lord the Lord wants you he said it. Like I, he said it. Where much is given, much is required. You get what I'm saying? If you know the Lord. You should be planting seeds in other people and preparing the way for the Lord's return. If he's giving you wisdom and knowledge and you know him, you should be planting seeds in other people. You shouldn't be just sitting there not doing anything like, woe is me, 
or I, or, you know, however you are, you shouldn't do that. Go plant, go, go, um, sow into other people. You get what I'm saying? Go profess the good news. Now it says, but when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he was set upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat. He will place the sheep at the right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the Lord and the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of my of my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't even give me clothing. I was sick in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me and they will go away into eternal punishment. But the righteous will go into eternal life. Listen, the, with the blessings the Lord is about to um, shut upon his children, build his kingdom. Don't be like the ones on the left. Feed him when you see him hungry. Clothe him when you see him with no clothes. You get what I'm saying? Go visit the, Go visit him if he's in prison. And don't just think like, oh, I got to go to the jail and go visit prisoners. People can be a prisoner in their own mind. Go pour into someone. Don't look, down, don't look down upon people because God can turn you into that very person you got your nose pointed up at. Hum, excuse me, family. Humble yourself and he will exalt you. It says in the word. He humbles the one, he exalts the ones that are humble, and he humbles the ones that exalt themselves. Lord, do you need me to go anywhere else with this, Father? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. And my kids are like extra loud, and I had to tell them to be quiet. Stop. Watch your iPad and watch TV and stop. 
Tarzan. <laughs> when I first came in to you, when I first came to you, sorry, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plans. For I decided that while I was with you, I I forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. Whew. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Yet when I am among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would have not crucified our glorious Lord. This is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secret. No one can know a person's thoughts except through the person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows him enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Okay, family, we are going to go to one more verse to back that up because I want to... Um, Hold on, we'll take you there in a second. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 38. But read this whole chapter, but I'm just focusing on 38. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord your God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly strongly urging all his list all his listeners save yourself from this crooked generations those who believe what peter said were baptized and added to the church that day 
about 3,000 in all. Okay, so family, with that being said, um, if it's somebody you know, if it's you yourself, um, now is the time to get baptized because as you can say, see in verse 38, it says, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the, for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You understand me? So you can, being saved and being baptized is different. You can be saved, you're, you're confessing your sins, but to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit is saying right here that you have to be baptized. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, in the next podcast, part three, we are going to begin to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if that's the will of the Lord. Lord, is there anything else you want me to say? He said, no, daughter, just tell my kids I love them. He loves you. Okay? So, I plead the blood of Jesus over this. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. No plot, no device of the enemy will come up against this word, family. Take this word in. Take it back to the Lord. Allow him to reveal all the hidden treasures he wants you to know in these in his word. I love y'all. I will see y'all on part three. Remember, like he said, he loves you. He said he agape loves you. Okay? That's the fatherly love, the, the unselfish love that God has for us. Family, put yourself in God's shoes for a minute. I, I know I said this is podcast is over, but put yourself in God's shoes for a minute. Would you want your child to die a criminal's death on a cross for something they didn't do to save anyone who would want to believe? Would you want to watch your child get hung on a cross? Would you want to watch your child get beaten, mocked? And, and and you know that they feel every lash of a whip. Would you want that? That's that unselfish love of God. He allowed his son to come down here. You know what I'm saying? I love you, family. Jesus loves you guys so much. And just praise his name. Love him. Thank him. Keep keep pleading the blood of Jesus. I love you guys. God, cover them as we go to part three. See you there, fam.